H. Moves, the Hawaii Department of Transportation podcast, where we talk about systems that move and connect our island communities. I'm Shelley Kunishige from the Hawaii Department of Transportation Public Affairs Office, and I'm joined today by Dr. Brian Wu, a practicing physician and medical director at HMSA, specializing in pediatrics. Dr. Wu has also been involved in the statewide COVID um, response. And we're joined today by John Nouchi, the Deputy Director of the City and County of Honolulu's Department of Transportation Services. In this capacity, he oversees public transportation, traffic engineering, traffic signals and technology, and transportation planning for the city. Today, we're talking about public transit and pandemics. Dr. Wu, can you start us off with kind of a brief overview of COVID-19 in Hawaii and what the best practices would be for the community? Oh, sure. Um, Thanks for having me on. Um, It's hard to believe it's only been eight months since this new type of coronavirus was first identified as a cause of human illness, and it's only been five months since we've had our first case in Hawaii. During the early part of the pandemic, and um, for the listeners, a pandemic is a worldwide spread of a new disease. So during the early part, new information was coming out really rapidly, There are times within several hours of learning something about the virus that new data would come out that changed our knowledge. One of the outcomes of the medical community and public health officials trying to keep the public as up-to-date and informed as possible, this meant that sometimes they would have to change their recommendations because the medical community was getting new information so quickly. You know, one of, one of the great examples of this was, you know, wearing masks. You know, early on in the U.S., it wasn't regularly recommended to wear masks. But now, you know, after we've gotten more information over the past eight months, learning how this virus spreads, it's felt to be one of the key things people can do to help decrease their risks of getting and spreading the virus. So today, um, as we focus on public transit, I'm happy to go over tips that, you know, we've all probably already heard on the news about reducing your risk for getting COVID. But one thing to remember is, you know, reducing your risk does not mean zero risk, but we do the best we can with what we have. Um, The other one thing um, before we talk about these specific things is, you know, if we all started to think of doing some of these risk reduction measures as, you know, um, desirable things to do, um, you know, cool things to do, fun things to do, um, you know, doing so may make it easier. And it not only helps yourself, but your loved ones in your community. So I tried to think of a, a, a catchy acronym or a phrase for some of these tips that people can do to reduce the risk when they're thinking of um, transportation or public transportation. Um, I couldn't come up with any good kind of uh, acronym. All I could come up with is the word smash. You know, we want to smash this COVID out, smash this bug out. So um, S is for sick or symptoms. Um, You know, if you're sick, you know, do your best. Don't go out, especially to public places and on public transportation, um, public transit, if you can help it. Um, You know, even if you don't get sick, really sick, but you have some symptoms from COVID um, or you're recovering from COVID, um, the virus continues to spread in the community. So um, even if you f- 
feel like you're okay yourself, you know, um, if we're spreading this in our community, there's no choice but to shut things down more to prevent the spread. And this affects your life and the entire communities. And, you know, as of yesterday, we're already seeing some of our restrictions coming back and, you know, some of the very, very concerning occurring um, in terms of capacity in our hospital. So, you know, that S again is if you're sick, symptomatic, you know, don't, don't spread it. Um, you can go outside, seek health care if you need to. Um, there are a lot of um, hotlines, phone numbers um, that are out there that you can call and get advice as well. So utilize those. I think the, um, the one, oh, go ahead, Dr. Lu, sorry. Oh no, go, oh, no, go ahead. Oh, no, I think one of the main numbers to remember there would be 211 in the state of Hawaii for um, questions about COVID-19. Yeah, that's perfect, Dan. Yeah, they can they can guide you to other healthcare systems that do have kind of clinical um, hotlines as well. That's a, a great tip. I'm on the edge of my seat right um, now. I'm, 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 I really want to hear what the rest of SMASH is. Um, I, I appreciate the, um, the confidence in this, uh, this acronym. So M um, is, you know, stands for mask, face mask. You know, this virus is, is considered to spread mainly by traveling out of someone's nose or mouth through the respiratory droplet. So respiratory droplet means, you know, the secretions that spray out when you sneeze, when you cough, or even when you talk. And, and, and don't shout, you know, on the bus, you know, that's, that's not nice. Plus, you know, um, talking loudly, shouting loudly, that spreads even more secretions out of your mouth. So sometimes these tiny droplets, they're too small, um, you can't even see them, and they can kind of linger in the air. So um, face masks can help, and, and A in SMASH is kind of aligned with that. You know, A is, you know, fresh air, well-ventilated air. So... Um, you know, you want to do the best things you can just to kind of get get um, um, fresh air in and out spread secretion. So, you know, just like you want to cover your mouth when you sneeze, you want someone else to cover their mouth if you're next to them. You also, you know, want to block your mouth if your breast smells bad. Um, you know, you know, move away from folks when your breast smells bad. So, wearing a face mask to trap these droplets from spreading out, or even try and prevent droplets outside from coming into you, from being inhaling into you. I mean, it just makes sense. So, you know, when you have to be in places without, you know, ideal air ventilation, like, you know, elevators or in other enclosed spaces, wearing a mask helps reduce your risks. So, um, and, you know, if you're in carpools or rideshare, you know, keep your windows open. So, Dr. Wu, do you have any recommendation what type of masks? I know, like, a lot of people, you see people getting creative using um, handkerchiefs, and um, and some people wear, like, those those um, blue surgical masks. What What is the recommendation for masks? It's a great question. And, um, you know, if you do have... Um, internet access, you know, looking at things like the CDC or the World Health Organization, if you just Google, you know, BESC um, um, face mask, um, World Health Organization, there's actually some details, but some general tips are multiple layers are helpful and um, um, cotton is a good material because um, tight-knit cotton where if you hold it up, you know, against the light, you can't easily see through it. Um, 
that allows it to trap particles a lot easier because it's kind of almost webbed, so it'll kind of trap the particles. Um, three layers is ideal, at least two layers is ideal. Um, they have actually looked at things like, um, you know, if you were to tie up a bandana and, and wrap that, put rubber bands on it. The, the other thing about masks is not only do you want, you know, at least two layers, maybe three layers, but you also want it to be well fit. So sometimes, you know, just a bandana, sometimes um, there's a lot of room for air to move around the mask into you, so not the most ideal. Um, another thing is if you do multiple layers, like a three-layer, having that third layer, outer layer, be as moisture-resistant as possible. So again, if people are sneezing onto you or you're breathing out, it kind of traps that moisture, but you also want to be cautious of being able to make a mask that you can actually breathe through. So again, there's great internet um, guidelines for a lot of these, but those are general things. And then I think there's a lot of folks, I think even Bill Nye, if everyone remembers Bill Nye, he showed the one where guy. if you, yeah, exactly, um, Bill Nye, the science guy. You know, another trick is, you know, blowing out. If you can blow out through a candle and blow it out easily through your mask, it may not be the best layered mask to prevent secretions through. Those are just some general tips and guidelines. Okay, great. Sorry, I stopped you on A. So, right, that was. <laughs> oh, oh no. A. No. Oh no problem. Um, so um, yeah, almost done with this the smash. So um, you know, we also know that you can potentially spread the virus days before you develop symptoms. And the other very difficult thing about um, COVID is, you know, there there are many people who get the virus who may have minimal to no symptoms. So the S in smash is. Stay away. Um, keep your distance from others and avoid crowds. You know, if, if you're catching the bus, for example, and you have the ability to, you know, travel when um, public transit is less crowded. You know, if the bus seems less crowded, you know, you have that personal choice to wait for the next bus. Um, maybe it may be less crowded. And, you know, this may be very inconvenient, but, you know, to be very honest and obvious about this truth is this pandemic is not convenient. It, it, it's tough, you know. A lot of people say, you know, we have to do this now. And the unfortunate thing is, you know, we are all in this together and there are just inconveniences in kind of our, our, our world at this time. But, you know, there's a saying, you know, the way we choose to see the world, it creates the world that we see. If you look at waiting for a less crowded bus or picking a different time to catch the bus as an opportunity to, you know, read a book, listen to music, you're, you're no longer viewing this as an inconvenience. And, you know, at, at the bus stop or other places, you know, everywhere we're going now, um, you know, try and stay um, a distance apart. And, you know, people ask about, oh, six feet, that's a magic number. So it's not a magic number. There is evidence that, you know, less than three feet, there's a significant risk. At three feet, your risk lowers, but farther apart, the risk the risk drops even more. So six feet is where there's reduction. You know, nine feet, there's even more reduction. So, um, you know, do your best you can. But the other thing for people to remember is, you know, we can't live like this forever not being around anybody. So, you, you know, um, you know, they talk about these bubbles, you know, choose your, your, your people that you're close to and stay in that bubble. That reduces your risk as much as possible for interacting with others. So if you're carpooling, you know, try and limit 
the number of different people you're carpooling with. So again, you're, you're doing the best you can with what you can do. And then the, the H in the smash is, you know, hands, hand cleaning. Clean your hands before and after you go in public places. We don't realize how often we unconsciously touch our face, our eyes, and our mouth. So um, that, that's my, my smash um, thing. Again, probably not the most helpful, but at least helpful for me to kind of go over um, some of the tips today. Thank you, Dr. Wu. And John, I know on, on the buses, we, I always see that um, wear a mask when on the bus. So you guys are getting the, the word out um, on, your, on your buses themselves. Can you talk more about um, the other best practices or things you're doing? Sure. Um, you know, first of all, it's just so important for us to keep our public transit system as safe and as healthy as we can for both, you know, our riders and our drivers. I think Dr. Wu said it best. This pandemic is not convenient. And we really ask for our riders' patience as we continue to navigate all these issues surrounding COVID. And our goal is to minimize the risk since, you know, the pandemic forced the city to take precautions to slow the, co- the, the spread of COVID-19. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about what we've done on board the bus and, um, and the handy van. So first of all, way back, I mean, it doesn't seem like that long ago, but in, fe- in February, you know, before we even had, our, I think, our first confirmed COVID patient, um, our first COVID case, we began an enhanced regimen, uh, daily cleaning of vehicles, and making sure to hit the high-touch areas, such as the doors, any grab bars, and the seats on board our vehicles. And then we expanded that program to do nightly electrostatic fogging of our vehicles, to provide further disinfection of the high-touch surfaces and just try to hit all the surfaces in board, on board the bus. And we've been doing that since March. Um, along with that, we've also implemented more frequent cleaning of the common areas for our transit employees. And most focused, especially after the discovery of we've had now three operators that have tested positive for COVID-19. and the immediate task force-like cleaning that swoops in and disinfects all the areas that we know that operator went to, and even the areas that they didn't, we consider that part of our rapid response. Um, To that end, in protection of our our drivers, we've installed both temporary and demonstration uh, permanent type of barriers between the driver and the passengers. Uh, Using different materials, we're trying to see what works the best. We're using a plastic shield that's like a shower curtain We've also put in plexiglass barriers to um, kind of section off the driver's compartment from the passengers. And that's to just further limit the close contact with passengers. And partnering with that, we've instituted, you know, everybody's familiar with the yellow line, the magic yellow line on board buses where you shouldn't be in front of when the bus is in motion. We now have a red line and a red zone on board the bus, uh, which restricts seating and standing to passengers in that area to give the driver that six-foot buffer of, of space while riding the bus. And I think um, getting back to what Dr. Wu was talking about, I think one of the most important things we've done for the protection of everybody on board the bus is we have required the use of face coverings for all bus drivers and the riders. And we really want to stress that we ask everyone to have their masks or face coverings on before boarding the bus. and probably just as important to keep them on properly during the ride. Um, I know we had some people 
when we said masks were required to, to ride the bus, people would have them in their hand and show them to the driver when they're getting on. And that's um, not quite the intent we had. We want people to have their masks on properly and to keep them on during the ride. Um, we've encouraged riders to practice their good hygiene in line with uh, Dr. Wu's SMASH acronym, um, stressing the importance of using the bus for essential trips only and staying home when they feel sick or symptomatic. And we have been displaying these messages on all the dynamic signs on board the buses. And I think if you see any city bus on Oahu right now, it'll likely be showing one of the different messages we have, stay home when sick, wash your hands, wear a mask when on the bus. And we've had some success um, in people recognizing that, that type of messaging. We also further emphasize these messaging with regular audible public service announcements on board the bus. So we have a, a pre-recorded uh, loop of safety messages that play frequently on board the bus, encouraging um, good hygiene practices and uh, the requirement of the mask. That's great because you have a captive audience there. Um. Yeah, and I'm sure, you know what's funny is um, you can tell who the regular bus driver, the bus riders are because when you give them the little cue, the audio cue, like if I say, if you see something, any bus rider will say, say something. <laughs> it just, it, it becomes a regular part of your psyche riding the bus. But, you know, along with what Dr. Wu suggested, on board the bus by practicing all these good practices, you know, we can smash out COVID to the best extent possible. And let me see if I can remember this, doctor. S is for sick or symptomatic. M is for masks. A is for air circulation. S is, the second S is for stay away. And the last H is for hand cleaning. Is that right? Wow, wow. I'm amazed. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was very suspenseful. I wanted to hear what the whole thing was. But um, to go along with, the, just to finish off what we're doing on, on a regular daily basis, what's become our new normal, um, every bus driver is temperature checked every day prior to their shift. Um, and just in terms of some service-related things that we've done, we've continued to roll out our HOLO contactless smart card uh, for, you know, for bus passes and fares. And what that does is it, it will limit cash exchanges and delay at the front door in the fare box. So that's twofold. You know, when people don't pay with cash, it minimizes the amount of interaction time they have with the bus operator at the fare box in the front. And it basically gets everyone on board the bus quicker too. So we, we've had very positive experiences with HOLO, which is a contactless smart card. Um, but going on to the more physical things that we've done, we've increased the service levels on our busiest routes. And that's so that each bus will have more space for each passenger. And those routes include Route 1 between Kalihi and Kahala Mall, Route 2 between Kalihi and Waikiki, Route 3 between Salt Lake and Kaimuki, and surprisingly, the longest routes we have in our system, um, some of the longest routes, Route 40 between Makaha and Ala Moana, and Route 42 between Eva Beach and Waikiki, and also Route A between Waipahu and UH Manoa. And so as we're prepping up to see what happens if schools resume as normal and what happens with the University of Hawaii at Manoa, what we've done is these routes, some of them are operating using a new technology that we've implemented, 
which keeps the buses evenly spaced and operating on a frequency rather than a schedule. So if one of the routes might have used to come on a, on a certain schedule and say it would leave at 8, and then it would leave at 8.12, the next one may be left at you know 8.20. So what we can do is tell, the, tell the, the, the system how often that bus should ideally run, and then it will give the operators cues as to how to operate to keep however many vehicles on that route operating at that service level. Um, and we've even gone beyond software and computers to go to look at new technologies and practices. And we're constantly investigating and piloting new infrastructure to keep the, our drivers and riders safe, including looking at uh, UV lighting, enhanced air filtration, and disinfection to keep that, that amount of air uh, circulating. And I know it was really good that we got to, um, I, I got to meet with Dr. Wu because we talked a little bit about air conditioning and things we can do to make sure that um, we have an adequate amount of fresh air. So we, we worked with our maintenance department to look at the air exchange on board the bus, and I think we can get more fresh air into the buses in addition to how the fresh air exchange happens every time all the doors open on board the bus. So we're confident that we can fulfill better the A part of SMASH. Um, we also finally, I guess, are looking at the application of long-lasting, longer-lasting prevention methods to the high-touch areas. That's awesome, John, and thank you for um, condensing SMASH and putting it all together because I know my interruptions probably didn't help Dr. Wu get through it. <laughs> but, and Dr. Wu, thank you for coming up with uh, a cool mnemonic device for people to remember when they are taking public transit. So. Recently, there was an Association for Commuter Transportation survey on commuting um, before and after COVID-19, so asking people what they, how they commuted, got to work or school before COVID-19, and asking them how they plan to do that when we eventually come out of this pandemic phase. And most of the respondents um, before like, did say they, they were driving alone. But a high number, 19%, said that they were taking the public bus. So I think this would give um, bus ridership a, kind of a reassurance that we are trying to reduce risk out there and, and thinking of both them and the drivers. Do you guys want to finish off with anything before I um, go into how we're planning to talk about telecommuting? Um, actually, let me just <clears throat> finish off a little bit. You know, our, our ridership has declined. We were doing about 200,000 at the beginning of the year per day on a weekday. So that was our average per day was about 200,000. We've dropped about 60% of our riders um, to about 80,000 we're doing now. But it has rebounded from a low of, you know, in the, in the low 60,000. Um, we have seen people starting to get back on the bus. And we know that we are taking those who are taking essential trips. And we fear that, you know... People often ask us why we still are running the bus. And we said, well, if we don't offer our transit and mobility services on both the bus and the handyman, we're just not meeting the needs of our Oahu residents and would be just one more impediment to growing the economy out of COVID-19. But, you know, we do have some great challenges ahead of us. So I'm really asking for the public to bear with us as we navigate the new normal. And we know now that we simply can't carry the same amount of people on board our buses as we used to. 
for now, I mean, really gone are the days of us carrying 70 to 100 people on board a single bus. Now we're looking at 20 or 30 comfortably with distancing um, in place. So with each bus being only eight and a half feet wide, we're pretty limited to how much distance we can offer them, on our, especially on our busiest routes. So we're going to attempt to be as adept as we can into the new school year and respond to the ridership as best as we can. And I kind of just want to talk about a couple things that are going to be coming up that people um, might like. We're looking at ways to minimize delay on board transit because the shorter your transit ride is, is the less time you're, you spend in, in a vehicle in an enclosed space. So in August, we're reintroducing our Route 1L. And in this case, the L stands for limited stop. So it's a limited stop version of the Route 1. And we plan to have very few stops on this to have it express people across that busy corridor between Kalihi and Kahala Mall and then on to and from Hawaii Kai. And we hope it'll be a very quick ride. Our goal was to shave at least 20 minutes off the current ride time so people can spend less time on board. And that's a huge step for public transit to be able to reduce a trip time by 20 minutes. Um, part and parcel of that, in the Chinatown and downtown areas, we're going to be introducing the King Street bus lane. So it's a, the right lane of King Street will be designated for buses only and um, right turns for regular automobiles. And that will give priority to the 37 routes that we have that use King Street. So more to come on that later this year. We hope to just introduce more speed into our system so our passengers can spend less time on board our routes. And just finally, you know, essential workers, we're, they're clearly using their transit, our transit to get to their essential jobs. And hopefully, if we can flatten and smash our current trajectory for just better public health, I really hope that our role in transit can be part of that essential building block to a better uh, COVID-19 future. Thank you, John, and thank you, Dr. Wu. So that concludes our discussion of the pandemic and public transit. Next time on H.Move, we're going to be talking about working from home and telecommuting. That's something we're pushing strongly at H. for our staff. And we've been talking to um, the Department of Human Resources Development and other state agencies about the best practices they're seeing. Again, thank you for tuning in and thank you, John and Dr. Wu, for joining us. Thank you. Stay safe, everyone. Thank you so much. Keeping the white going